Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. That's the movie you wanted to see? There wasn't even any good sex in it. I had to read the whole fucking movie. Fucking subtitles. Some guy on a road crew recommended to you a fucking subtitle movie? I'm the one fighting, okay? Not you, not you, and not you. I mean, I'm sober. The fuck you always picking on me for? What about O'Keefe? We in the same boat. One day at a fucking time, right, O'Keefe? Cue the theme song. Like he's a grown man. He can think for himself. Shut your mouth. Yeah, Don't call me skank. I'll rip that nasty hair right out of your fucking head. Think he never would have won Sanchez without Dickie. Fucking bullshit. Take it back. Hey, 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 hey. I'm the one fighting, okay? Not you, not you, and not you. I know what I need. And you need Dickie? I want Dickie back. And I want you, Charlene. And I want O'Keefe. I want my family. What's wrong with that? This is supposed to be my fight. This is my shot at the title. I won't get another one after this. Am I being selfish? Am I saying Mickey, Mickey, Mickey? You know what? If I am, I'm sorry. I thought I was fighting for the championship. And I thought you were my mother, too. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Let's get into a 12-round discussion about 2010, The Fighter. The Fighter. Get it into ya with some chowder. Um, kind of a, based on a true story, fairly closely based, as close as a Hollywood movie could potentially be for the things that happen in this movie do mostly happen in real life or have mostly happened. Um, and it's a little bit intriguing. It is about Irish Mickey Ward, the boxer, uh, based out of Boston. Well, from Lowell, Lowell, Massachusetts, where the accents are even ticker by. Um, and so Mickey is fighting. He's a uh, welterweight boxer, has an older brother, Dickie, who was a boxer also, uh, who had a match against Sugar Ray Leonard. And Sugar Ray Leonard hit the mat during the fight, whether that is... Uh, from uh, Dickie or n- a little Slippy. <laughs> Just came put that one on the spot. I think that's pretty good. Um, yeah, so we got Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Melissa, Melissa Leo. Um, Jack McGee also makes a little bit of an appearance in this. Sugar Ray is in this himself. And, of course, uh, uh, Dickie and Mickey make a little bit of an appearance at the end. Mickey's actually in the ward in the crowd, uh, and there was supposed to be another scene with Dickie and Mickey, but they never made it in. Um, so yeah, released in 2010, just over two hours long, um, made for about 25 mil, brought in 130 in the box office. So a relatively big success, nominated for several Academy Awards and took home two um, <coughs> the supporting actors in this movie, which would be Christian Bale and um, Melissa Leo, the mom. The mom got in here with a shit. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Mickey Ward is a uh, welterweight boxer. His brother uh, had come before him, um, boxed a little bit and fought Sugar Ray Leonard and then turned to crack. And um, he is being filmed, Dickie is. Um, and I don't know if he actually believes the movie is about his comeback because he's such a huge fucking crackhead. Uh, but the documentary that's being filmed by HBO <laughs> is actually about crack addiction in America. And so while he is trying to deal with his addiction, Mickey is trying to figure out his fight career. And as he is aging a little bit, he wants to take one last shot at the fucking title. 
So he tries that, and Mickey meets Charlene along the way and struggles with his family, um, with his relationship, with his boxing, and mostly his brother. Uh, and he has a coach who's um, a trainer, who's a co-op, who wants to help out. So can we get all of our family shit together hereby and get some fights in there for HBO and get paid? And you, That's what we're checking out in the fight app. And you mentioned it was based on a true story, right? I did, yeah. I did, yeah, fairly heavily based. So part of um, what I wanted to get the discussion rolling on today was that whole, do movies get any any bit of a pass um, when they're based on a true story? Because um, when we have the based on a true story thing and then you start seeing crazy things happening in the movie, you kind of like, you're, you're thinking, did that really happen? Oh my God, that is so crazy. Was it written for the screen? Like, did all this really go on? So... Do you guys think about movies that are based on true stories differently than other movies? Do, do they get a pass in terms of um, like structure or characters in ways that other movies that are written from someone's brain do not? No, I don't think so. I don't think they get a pass at all. I think, once again, good writing is good writing. And like, it doesn't matter if it really happened or not. Um, mm. I, like a lot, like Aaron Sorkin's movies are a, a perfect example of that. He completely admits that. That I mean, everything happened in Steve Jobs. Like a lot of those conversations happened, but they all didn't happen at events. They happened like who knows where. But he just took them and all crammed them into events, mm. um, which made the structure great for the movie. So the movie ended up being good. Um, I've seen a lot of true story movies that were pieces of shit because the writing is bad. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of at the time. Uh, not that not that I'm saying this movie is a, is a bag of garbage or anything like that. I just, um, as the kind of true story popped up, um, some people might not find this, you know, it's about boxing, so some people might not find this movie very good, but um, I find it actually quite fascinating. They did take some liberties in what they showed from Mickey's career, like he wasn't on a losing streak when he fought Mike Mungin. That Mike Mungin fight was actually a lot closer than they portrayed in the movie. Some other fights he where he gets knocked down in the movie, he was not knocked down in real life. So little little bits just to make it a bit more interesting um, to me, I thought were were absolutely fine choices. But I was kind of a little bit. I I actually was a little bit more engrossed in this movie because of the true story nature. If they hadn't have put up that this was based on a true story, I probably would have been questioning what was happening a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, I like, think you're right. Like, 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 what would you be questioning? Just the, these people, like that, that these are real people, and this this the family exists, um, the family unit that's established here, and and um, and Dicky, and <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in here that seems too crazy to be true. Um, so I would probably be like, no freaking way. Why did they write it like that? Instead, I'm like, oh my god, like that's probably pretty close to how these people actually were. And so I'm gonna like dig in a little bit more and get a bit more fascinated by these crazy characters you get that little shot of the real uh dicky in the credits right and that's when i was like oh wow yeah. he, he really talks like that <laughs> that yeah that i really enjoyed that they put that in at the end um and to to see like you meet they don't say this they don't put subtitles this is mickey and this is dicky right they just put the two guys there and then dicky's like ding ding hey there boy oh yeah doing his thing and i'm like that's dicky for sure and then you get a sense <laughs> of how well bale nailed him um in his characterization yeah, for sure. I, I, I wouldn't give, yeah, I don't think I'd give it a pass, but when I saw based on a true story come up at the front, probably pulls me in a little closer. And then 
I'm okay if they don't stick super close to the true story. It's got to be good writing, right? You got to you got to take yeah, some liberties to keep it interesting. To yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, I don't think I mentioned this. David O. Russell um, directed this one. Uh, and he was in <clears throat> after, this is a while after um, uh, I Heart Huckabees, a couple of years after, which kind of flopped on him a little bit, even though that had a, a pretty stellar cast. Uh, and Wahlberg and Russell had worked together previously on um, Three Kings, which apparently they didn't get along super great. And I Heart um, Huckabees too, yeah. Yeah, so uh, interesting they got back together for this one. I had heard that Fincher was in the talks to direct this, as was Steven Spielberg. Um, and there were some different characters other than Bale, and Wal- or other than Bale who was being initially considered. Because um, Mark Wahlberg is a producer on this, so I think he kind of made most of this movie happen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he was trying to get the movie made for about 10 years before he was able to get it off the ground. That's yeah. once again probably why I think this screenplay is so good. Um, it just all these movies that end up actually being like successful a lot of the time just take a lot of time to get made and during that time they're getting rewritten and the production and stuff like the casting uh the cast in this movie is stellar um every every single role is is really was really was thoughtfully chosen even like the sisters and the husband who plays, um, uh, it's not Dickie's father. Okay, is is oh, no, he, either their fathers? Is he Wahlberg's father or Dickie's father? I think he's one of their fathers. <laughs> I think he might be Mickey's dad. Yeah, so I think but those guys Dickie's. are like half-brothers, yeah. Um, which, is, which makes sense because they actually don't look that much alike. So I think somebody comments about that in the movie. Because at one yeah. point they're trying to explain it in the bar to someone, um, whether I think it's a film crew maybe, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's very confusing. She has to explain it, yeah. And this is George, uh, and George is my man. Yeah, and I like all that. I apparently um, Dicky did not like how his mother and sisters were portrayed in the movie, and he actually got mad at Christian Bale at a screening, and then uh, his some of his sisters. Ran, uh, walked out of the screening in protest of the movie because of the way that they were being portrayed. Um, yeah. So they're, they're pretty close to caricatures. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, though, once again, you have to do that when the characters are smaller um, because yeah. you're not going to see a lot of them. So you, they have to be very over the top characters. Um, the sisters were definitely that. They were like right out of Sleeping Beauty's Wicked Stepsisters, watching them all were, in, in a line they on the were couch, one, right? All, all the sisters together were just one character, the sisters. <laughs> like they're, they, right. there's nothing yeah. independent or, or unique about them, which is, a, it, again, it's a smart move because it keeps you from having to write a whole bunch of I, character development for I, each of them to show how unique they are. I don't know. I, I kind of thought <clears> that they did have very subtle different personalities. Like the one actually tried to talk back to the mother. The other the other ones would have never done that. She's, and so yeah. she's and then the blonde one is was very different from some of the other sisters. Like some of them were much more outspoken and and some of them uh you know, they did all they they definitely did feel like they were a blob. I don't disagree there. Yeah, they were a amorphous blob with little pieces of, <laughs> of personality, I think. One talked, the other had the crazy hair, and the the rest maybe looked a little bit more inbred than the others. I'm not sure, but... 
Yeah. Um, and so there's yeah, definitely, funny. I, I can, I can't understand how, um, I, I would hope that if, uh, you know, someone that did that took me and did that to me, I, I would have a better sense of humor about it, but. Yeah, hopefully um, it would be explained up front, like what you're doing with them and why. And it's not just like, oh, yeah, you're going to be so unique and we're going to give you all this. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my, she's a fucking MTV girl. <laughs> and that's that's it. It's like, no, what? The that MTV cool. girl stuff is, I, I think, is some of the funniest stuff because the mother starts like to it. use the MTV thing. And then, yeah, she then Charlene gets really mad. I really love Amy Adams in this movie, too. Uh I I think she did this very close to Arrival, and uh, those are such different roles. Yeah, uh, like yeah, Dave, you've like, never seen this before. Like Amy Adams' performance oh yeah, right. must have been striking to you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, truth be told, you when you gave me a call, we we're going to do this one. I had to go get it and watch it for the first time. Um, yeah, a couple first impressions. Like uh, first, it still creeps me out to see the Weinstein logo in front of I know. Movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. it I takes me out like instantly right it's just like oh but anyway then i got past it but uh what i noticed right away i'd say was that it, it still felt fresh like so uh immediately the cinematography just hit me right you see the sweeping camera moves and the walking down the street and i just knew we were in the hands of somebody with really some talent so quickly looked it up and it's a cinematography who did cinematographer who did what uh, Dunkirk, Ad Astra, Tenant, Spectre, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. I can't pronounce his name, but um, uh, Hoyt Hoytema. I don't want to butcher that too badly. But anyway, so yeah, it's kind of neat when you when a movie starts and you recognize you're in the hands of a master, and then you look up their their film work, and you're like, oh, of course, Dunkirk. Okay, you know, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A very different yeah. movie, but uh, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. And the music in this movie, I always forgot um, when I watch it this time, is really the music's uh, a lot of the time is the hero of this movie. Um, they they use that one song quite a bit. Um, uh, is it How You Like Me Now? Yeah. How You Like Me Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How but You Like Me Now. When they use it, it it, wor- it works very well. They, they, they use it... Um, not sparingly <laughs> they actually use it quite a bit but it, it works for some reason i actually really like um i don't know is there any scored music in this movie i didn't notice i don't think I, there is i, don't I didn't think there pick is up either. on any there would no. be in the fight at the end probably there was definitely in the fight scene at the end but oh that's I, fair I yeah can't think of anywhere oh, maybe. else yeah because in the fight montage is a song um like a classic rock song I, I can't remember yep. what the title of it is right now, but which is also a great song. Yeah, the song, music choices are so important, and, and this movie Isn't kind of nails Rolling it. Rolling Stones. Yeah, it did sound like uh, Mick Jagger's voice. Oh, that um, song is too. Yeah, that's a different song. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I love the music in this movie. It gets you pumped up and gets you going uh, right from the beginning of the the movie. I love how it establishes them as the kings of the town as they open up the movie. They're like working on road crew, you know, ro- pushing gravel. But when they walk around the town, everyone like loves them and comes up to them and, and wants them to sign things. And they're like these like mini celebrities in this weird little ecosystem in this small town. And uh, it's really established well um, visually. With, mm. uh, you know, th- no, not explain a log, but it's just them kind of like going through their day. 
and uh, and the the video cameras are following them around, so they're playing up to the to the cameras, uh, which I like yeah. too. I love that aspect of them being filmed. Yeah, the whole movie doesn't take that on, but at times they do, and it it kind of works to to humanize them and show how how the people of the town react to them, and well, at least to Dick, um, Dicky, who's the the pride of Lowell, and people still believe in him very much, and. There, there's a scene later on where they're interviewing people um, outside. I think it's around. Actually, it's in the the film. Once the once they're watching the film when uh, Dickie's in jail um, and they're interviewing people, and it's like, oh, I think he took him down. Or like, you can't talk against the family and like say things like that. It's um, just little snippets like that really kind of show how what a small community this is and and the the weight that 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 family kind of carries. I didn't look it up. Was the HBO documentary real or a device written in for the movie? There is a documentary uh, about crack addiction, and it's based in Lowell from back in the day. I actually heard that the, this movie might have been based on that documentary, uh, but I can't remember if 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 Dickie was actually featured in it. I didn't I didn't look that far into it, but right. maybe before the end of the episode, we'll know the answer to that question. Yeah, I definitely believe that that was was what John just said was true. I think. I think um, that might have been what the spark was for the for the movie idea. Was like seeing the doc HBO documentary and then going, oh, I want to meet these crazy guys. Plus, there's a lot of history with the boxing and stuff too, right? So, um, wh- whether it was with Dickie's boxing or um, with um, uh, Wahlberg's character's um, record and his boxing and stuff. Uh, like it's it's interesting because like the this is um when it gets to the welterweight and stuff like that, I mean I always liked boxing but I just didn't pay attention so I'd never heard of um, uh, Dicky or um, uh, Mickey Ward. Had you had mm-hmm. you guys ever heard of them before the film? Not before this, no. Oh, um, not a huge not I, a huge boxing fan either. Yeah. Yeah, when I like, I've always appreciated it, um, but didn't like. I don't know who the best boxers are, Golden Gloves, anything like that. What I did do though, after seeing this movie, um, because this movie does not get into the Mickey Ward versus uh, Arturo, I think his name Arturo got. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and if you go back and and watch the clips from their fights, they are wars. They are absolute wars. Like these guys probably retired based on those three fights because they beat the shit out of each other. Um, and that's really interesting, the time period that this mov- movie chose for Mickey's career, because he went on to like hugely recognized fights after this. And I kind of yeah. I kind of thought about that a bit. And I like that they brought it up to when he got the title, but didn't go like further with him defending and eventually losing because. But I think, so a, I think there's a I think there's a Rocky two, Rocky two here for sure, because, yeah, yeah. I, I did the same thing. I went down the rabbit hole and what a gift that was. I, I, I don't want it to let me to make the movie better for me learning all that watching going back and watching his actual fights i watched all three of those fights they were absolutely incredible um yeah and, and better than the film version i think when Wahlberg filmed this he said he wanted to put the most realistic fights scenes in a movie ever filmed i don't think he achieved that um going especially going back and watching the actual footage like you're absolutely right like these are just two warriors going toe to toe it was different fights but Anyway, I, yeah. I, I remember yeah. when this movie first came out, I watched like I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube and watched a ton of uh, his fights and stuff. And those body shots that uh, uh, I mean, that was what he was famous for. And, and I'm pretty sure that like he stand stood out for that reason that he knocked guys out with body shots all the time. 
the, in yeah. the movie when he when he did that one body kidney shot sort of and dropped the guy i was like um yeah it can happen but it, it sort of took me out of it it didn't work until i saw him do it in real footage afterwards and was like yeah. oh that's 100 percent real okay yeah, yeah <laughs> you're, you're hitting the does. liver in that case and when your okay. liver gets hit and bruised your your body cannot take it you will drop like a stone so yeah, it's, your body, it's your body goes into ribs sh- or anything. Yeah, your your body goes into shock with when you when you get hit in the liver really badly. And then so the documentary was called High on Crack Street, Lost Lives and Low, and it did star Dickie Eklund and Boo Boo. So they were the stars <laughs> of that documentary. And I would imagine you could probably watch that on YouTube. It would probably be on there because of the movie. Hmm. Lots of material for Christian Bale to get into for, for Dickie, though. Oh, tons. Oh, my God, tons. Um, uh, I heard an actor talking about the two roles between Wahlberg and Bale and, and how Christian Bale won the Academy Award and stuff. And, and uh, one of the Golden actors... Too. Yeah, and one of the actors was saying, the thing is, is that the Wahlberg role is always underestimated, but he's amazing in this movie. And the reason he is so good is because he has to be uh, the quieter, softer role while Bale gets to just be wild and crazy, jump out windows, scream. But when you're Wahlberg and you're in those scenes with him, you have to, you, it's harder for him because he has to be restrained um, and let Dickie do his thing without getting caught up in that and, and breaking his character. And so... I watched that this time. His performance in this movie is very good. There's a lot of silence from him. Looks when in front of the family while Charlene is talking for him. And um, just long silences between him and Dickie where you can he's expressing, emoting everything just on his face. Wahlberg's really good in this movie. Even, he is uh, underestimated. Even Christian Bale uh, recognized that when he won the Golden Globe, his acceptance speech said that he could only get away with being so big and so wide in that character because it was against Wahlberg's backdrop. So the only reason that the character worked as well as it did, he acknowledged Wahlberg's baseline performance to to bring he's, it out. He's so good in this. Wahlberg's yep. like really good in this. He also deserves a ton of recognition. He also did this movie... F- with no money up front. So I, I don't know what he got yeah. paid on the back end, but he did this movie for free up front. He didn't get paid. Yeah, I think Bale took a huge cut as well just to just to get it going and make it work. I think it was 250000 Bale took for it. Yeah, and you got to think that Wahlberg, um, Bale had to lose 30 pounds and Wahlberg had, to yeah. get in, Wahlberg had to get in shape, like boxing shape and take boxing training and stuff. And then plus yeah, work no on his character. Doubles. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, and, he and did then, all the boxing on his own. And then plus the acting as well. So like Wahlberg had to do a ton of ton of shit for this movie for free. So that's commitment. Like he believed in this movie. He was dedicated, and uh, he wasn't being paid. So that's mm. awesome. Like I mean, that's where you get those real performances when someone's like really passionate about the role or passionate about the film. And I, I, every that was what you feel in this movie is everyone was passionate. Yeah, um, they gave their all. Piece of that. Like they, everybody gave their all in this movie. Yeah, they said that. Uh, I think Wahlberg was really looking for his Oscar from this one and uh, heading into it. 
but then heading out of it, realized it wasn't going to happen because he had to be that base background that we were talking about. But um, I read somewhere, Bill gets the benefit of like the, the perfect trifecta for an actor, which is the uh, the guy who went to prison, suffers from addiction and unrealized potential. <laughs> and those three things together are just like the Oscar, you know, Oscar crack yeah, for, the, Oscar for the voters. Formula. <laughs> Literally, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah, he, he, did have, this- he did have that going for him. Yeah, yeah, I was having this conversation about somebody last night, too, and, like, if you like the character... The number one thing in a movie that makes it successful is the script, but the reason why is you have to care about all of the characters in the movie, and uh, I, you do in this movie. You, you do care about the characters. Like, I do care about Dickie when, when he's in jail and he, he realizes that the documentary is what it is and stuff, and he wants to turn it off, and... And he's embarrassed and yeah and Wahlberg like I'm so mad at his family in the beginning of this movie when they yeah when that guy offers to pay him the train in Vegas and he doesn't go I would have like if I was his friend I would have <laughs> fucking made him go yeah get away it, from his family it totally makes sense right I mean for me I don't know how much I love this movie as a boxing movie, but I really love it as a movie about dysfunction and family and trying to keep family together. And I think that there's an awful lot, you know, there. And so, yeah, I mean, it's very, very real that they would want their gravy train to continue. Right. What else have they got? Well, that's a very interesting point here from you, Dave, um, that I wanted to bring up is that this movie has boxing, but it doesn't feel all like a boxing movie. It kind of trades its time equally with with the family dynamic and addiction and then boxing is like uh, the other third so it's like a third a third a third for me um and i wondered after watching it if that if if that was too many things to tackle um or maybe it just i wanted to see more boxing at times there there were times at this movie when things started to drag a little bit I had a hard time putting my finger on it because it is a longer movie. There's like lots going on. So I'm not saying it's a boring movie, but I think like I'm trying to think of when when it is that it's kind of hitting me that it's it's dragging a bit. Um, And it's it's somewhere before Mickey goes on his tear to start winning all his fights. You Um, you said somewhere in between the loss. You said it was over two hours, but I, 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 it's it's one fifty five. I actually felt like is it okay? Sorry, the editing and the time in this movie was. I, I didn't feel that way watching the movie. I, I was engaged the whole time. I felt like this flew by, actually. That was, that was just my experience of it. Yeah, I'm, with you. I'm with you, John. I felt there were parts that it dragged. It was very character and family focused. Like, I, I think Ward is probably very much the real life Rocky, right? Like, he's, I mean, this came afterwards, but um, I think that, that you could have made the Rocky movie, but it would have looked like a Rocky copy. So putting the the dysfunction and the family and focusing on that, now it's relying not on action or, you know, but completely on the performance of the actress. And I think the performances were incredible. It just, I thought it was a boxing movie. And so that sort of, it was only after that I was like, okay, if I watch it again, I watched it a second time, knowing that it was sort of a boxing movie, but it was more about the family. That's when I was much better with it, watching it a second time. Yeah, I see. If and if I was to cut anything, I would have cut out more. I would have cut out boxing. I don't need the boxing that much. Like you need, I would have shortened like the fights. Like you don't. Well, need. I think that supports what John's saying, right? I think you're you're agreeing with him that it's not so much a boxing movie. So you could have had even less. 
I just don't, yeah, I really don't care about the boxing. <laughs> I just don't care yeah. at all. I really, yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, the, the, the climax of this movie um, is the ending of the movie, but I actually think that it's just the way they do the Dark Knight of the Soul and all is lost and all that stuff, the way they mix it all together into like Dickie getting out of jail and stuff and then him trying to come back into the, to the boxing uh, yeah, um, to, to train and- Mickey. And then, uh, and then that it all comes to a head with the family, where where Mickey's like finally, finally speaks up for himself and defends himself, and says, like, "This yeah, is my Alice fight. Like I'm fighting." Yeah, Alice instantly like gets emotional about it and like hears him, so you know that's gonna move on. But th- that's so. This is where the three stories kind of come to to come to a head but so there's like two two conclusions to that one's when dickie gets out of jail clean um and then two is when uh mickey speaks up for himself and the family and then to to a le- slightly lesser extent when dickie goes to charlene's house and gets her on board and everyone's in mickey's corner like that almost felt like it could have been the end of the movie to me but then we got to go on with the boxing and you have a fairly good idea that he's gonna win and it they, ah. they kind of they raise the stakes in the match by by making him like take it hard for the first little bit, but then he ends up winning. So it's kind of like a, a mini Lord of the Rings in there, where the 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 final victory in the boxing match just doesn't seem to. I I don't know. I had been through two other really satisfying and long coming conclusions in this movie just before that. So I, I that's kind of where the three yeah. stories maybe. I like that, where you that's what. That's why I think you just edited the ending shorter. You don't need as much in the end. You have it just be going to the ring. There, are, you don't need all of that that posturing with them, the weigh in and this and that, and them walking to the ring. You could have just cut to a thing that said London, and then the, he's in the ring fighting. Yeah, and, I kind of realize now that maybe this movie suffered from not knowing what it is, right? A little bit. Like he, he I think Wahlberg wanted it to be as Rocky, but you got to give that up when the first two thirds of the movie are something very different. Mm. And that, the scene where he tells his mom that he's the one who's fighting, I, I, the line's not in there, but I always feel like um, without her saying it, which I think is good, that she's always talking up Dickie because she knows that Dickie needs it. Because Dicky mm. is, you know, because Dicky is fragile and Dicky is a drug addict and Dicky didn't make it and Dicky did didn't achieve what he wanted to achieve, but that Mark is still fighting and he so she thinks Dicky needs the encouragement and doesn't think about him because he's going to be okay. He can take care of himself, but he's still being hurt by it. And I feel that so strongly in that scene without without any yeah. dialogue being said about it um, yeah. and her her being unaware that she was doing it. And like at the end, I like the sisters and the mother. I mean, that's what's so great to me in this movie is I hate his family. I hate Dickie. <laughs> it's it's him against everybody. It's Mickey against everybody. But then at the end of the movie, they all come together. And I like them all at the end of the movie. Yeah. So They're to me, the- turning them or turning that around is always great screenwriting. They're all a drain on him, but at the same time, he's also a family man, and he, he I don't I don't think he hates the fact that he's got to bring them along with him. He just needs them to be a little less crazy, you know. But uh, yeah, just a I, little. I, he does. He I, wants. I, I don't feel there. that he hates. The, yeah, exactly. Like he, he very much wants that family together. 
Oh, yeah. he does. He be- he begs for it, right? Not you, not you, and not you. I want my family. What's wrong with that, right? And like you sound like them. That whole that all stuff is very powerful, right? I love because that line when he says so you frustrated. sound like them. That's a great turn yeah. in that scene when he says you sound like them. Yeah, and then Charlene ends up apologizing for like walking out on it because she was kind of in the wrong there slightly just by becoming too much on the other end of of. of, of well, They're just so protective. Like the family, like you said. They're so protective of him, right? They want to protect him from his crazy family. And and they were doing a really good job. And, and the family was staying away. And it was being respectful and keeping its distance. And then Dickie gets out and it starts all over again. So so I, I love how that came together um, at the end. And I, I love that Bale gives that cake to... Um, is it Boo Boo? <laughs> yes, the king. Yeah, yeah. Boo Boo and the team. <laughs> and then he 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 goes and finds Charlene, and uh, and they have it out. Um, I, I I love all of that stuff. I think you're right. I think you could have ended the movie there, and yeah. you could have just had the thing saying that Mickey won the fight. Oh I, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, just on the screen went on to win the title and to have hit seven figure payouts on several fights following that. And uh, you, you know. could have done that. I mean, the, the ending is great when he wins. So if you would have just jumped to the ring to the fight, I think right from there, you, you have the crowd, you know, you have him walking down the street and then you, you hear the roaring of the crowd and then you're jumping into the ring and it's London and he's in the fight. Yeah. I think that would have maybe, maybe fixed those issues. <clears throat> Yeah, it might have done something. Um, it just that's I think if anywhere where like you said, it feels like it's too many endings. Yeah, yeah, that might have worked. Maybe it's in the montage that they do leading up to the title fight. But even then, they they do a bit of a montage, and then they get him in that one fight where um, uh, um, I think Dickie's still in jail when he wins that fight. Oh, I love that's, when he that's wins kind that of fight. an important one to show. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm I like that one. Of, Head I know, I like body. that one too. Yeah, head body, head body. <laughs> and he takes him in the liver there too, kind of establishing his his power. Um, but there's another montage scene where he wins. It's actually an, an, a fun one cut where um, the camera stays. It's a steady shot and they just bring different fighters into the ring and he punches them out and then it flips back. I, like it's, it's good, but I just think that's something like that is ultimately what could have been cut. Um, another scene that jumped out of my mind, just thinking back to where the movie started to drag, was um, when the mom gets the um, the interesting fight, and she's like, "I got it. where's Mickey?" And they're like, "Mickey's. We have no one seen him for three weeks. He's winning that MTV girl." <laughs> and then she's like, "I'm I'm gonna go get Dicky." And then she goes to Dicky's place again, and he's jumping out the back window. And then they have that whole singing in the car scene. Yeah. Well, there was something about that that is that is powerful. There's also something that's like there's no new information passed along. The mom still isn't acknowledging the drug abuse and will just accept it. Um, yeah. So something, that maybe something's maybe missing something there. In I, there. I, I couldn't figure out why that song was important. Maybe I needed a reference earlier to to tie that moment together. I get that he's he's charming, and then I guess he's just sort of charmed her. Yeah, it, that's it, all I ever get from that scene. I don't. Maybe that's a part of the really drag. Mean. Maybe, maybe yeah, it drags in there a bit. I don't I'm need thinking. to see him jump out of the window three times, you know, in the movie. I get it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you could have cut that scene. I, I would have had no problem with that scene being completely eliminated. Dickie's involvement in the talks over that, that fight aren't important anyway. It's, yeah. It's like, I don't like. Well, except all, that it leads him to jail. But but he just like they could have skipped. He could have just been there at the meeting with with him and the mom and. And that would have been fine. We didn't need to see her going to get 
going to get to That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could have just been there. Um, yeah. No, that's absolutely fair. There is definitely some editing and trimming that could have happened in this movie to make it a little bit tighter and well, uh, feel like it was moving. For once, quicker. I agree with you on that one. Usually I'm <laughs> fighting you on, on cutting anything out. But I'm with you. Um, Once again, this movie's less than two hours, so I'm not necessarily a stickler on them cutting a ton of stuff out of this. No, no, I I think there's some some tightening that maybe could have been done. Nothing major, um, except to figure out some way around the the multitude of stories happening and getting them to to climax at the same time is very difficult. Um, I had remembered... (laughs) Hey, what are you laughing at? Um, I had remembered this movie being... Slightly more subtle than I found it this time in terms of uh, the mom really showing Dickie more attention than Mickey. It wasn't very subtle. It was like, I don't want to say heavy handed because I don't believe it was that either, but it just wasn't as subtle as I had remembered it. Um, so that by the time Mickey pops and the way that like people are talking about Mickey behind his back when he after he's lost a couple of fights and he walks in and everyone's staring at him and then even the, the, the cop points it out, the co-op. Um, and a lot of the dialogue with the mom at how directed towards that is and how selfish Christian Bale is for himself. Um, I guess it speaks to the narcissism or whatever, whatever these people all have. Um, but it just, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think yeah. I, the, I'm not saying I I'd hate say it's it heavy handed. Would you? Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the mom, the mom's favoritism, I got it. I probably would have picked up on it after four examples, but there was maybe 12, you know, I'm just... It just it just kept showing it over and over and over again. It was like, okay, I get it. You know? Yeah. Is that too much for you, Colin, or did you like find it was the appropriate amount to really hammer it into the audience, like in a good way? I think it was a part of her character when when. Uh, but it was when, one note because it, it was the only thing she did. Yeah. Well, but I mean, her character was also like trying to be Mickey's manager, and uh, the, 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 her interactions with the daughter. And, uh, yeah. like, I do think you needed to cut out some stuff. Like, I think it would have helped if you would have cut out some, that, that drug dealer scene where he jumps out the window again. It is funny, yeah. though. Um, I mean, there's a lot of humor in this movie. Um, and the family definitely generates a ton of that humor. Uh, and it keeps the movie light. Yeah. Um. Something else that just kind of went away in the movie was um, Mickey's daughter and X. They, they serve their purpose in the movie to put extra pressure on Mickey up front. But once we have a scene with Amy Adams and Mark Wahlberg and the daughter doing the high jump stuff and you get the sense they're getting along, we don't really see any of that other dynamic anymore. And I'm not saying that we do, but it makes it interesting that it was so upfront initially. And then even after that scene where they're doing the high jumping in the yard and having a good time. Um, Amy Adams and Mark Wahlberg go through more rocky times where they stop seeing each other all together. And so it's just interesting that there's no, I don't want to have a follow up on it, but, but yeah, um, something, something seemed interesting about that being as prominent as it was and then not being in the movie anymore after a certain point. I think it's valid. I think he was trying to make, it was trying to make, um, I think that all of those were devices to try and make you feel feel bad for Mickey that yeah. you know that he wanted to do it for his daughter and his and his ex-wife wasn't 
they didn't have a good relationship and she was mean to she was mean to him and didn't you know thought he was a loser and and the husband was kind of nice to him and they would get in trouble <laughs> I know, right yeah. by her so i i just think that was more of a device for you to feel something like i think they do a really good job of you feeling for Wahlberg and rooting for Wahlberg, and a lot of those oh, yeah. things are just setups and tropes for you to um I, I love that when he takes her to the movie theater and they go see the uh foreign film with the subtitles and uh and he says he's embarrassed to show his face around the you know the the locals because yeah. he lost that fight. I I really yeah. like all of that. That part, of, yeah, that all, that all works. Um, yeah, I think it does. I that think she that calls him really on good. it too. It like it's great for character development as well as giving us like more into to Mark Wahlberg wanting to hide. Like that's a big reveal for us that we might not have picked up on, but that she calls him on it really strengthens her character because she's not going to take any, any bullshit. She's immediately realizing um, how sensitive yeah. Mark Wahlberg is to this stuff, to his family and what they must have done to him because she reacts with like compassion instead of anger. Initially, she gets in his face, I think we but get, when he explains it... Sorry, John. I, yeah. I think we get three no. really cool character moments out of that one scene for her. Number one is you see her intelligence. She puts two and two together. Like, wait, you picked this movie and we went all the way out, out of town to go and see it. So, you know, are you? do you have a girlfriend? Are you hiding me? Right. Immediately. So she's putting two and two together yeah. that there's something wrong. Then immediately. Yeah. So you get her intelligence. You get her uh, the fact that she's willing to stand up for herself right away. And then at the same time, at the end, you get her compassion immediately, too. That was a cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you also yeah. hear that she was at college, but dropped out because she partied too hard. So you learn flaws about her, but self-actualization as well. Yeah, there's there's like so much going on in that scene that really solidifies her character. And like she's pretty early in the movie at that point, too, because we would have seen her in the bar. The bar when he picks her, when he gets her number. Then next it would have been when she's pounded on his door. Yeah, so it's early in the movie for her. So we need we need that kind of stuff. And that's a really that whole scene with the with going to the movie just moves things along so much for everybody it's great what are your go ahead i was just gonna say i think the ending with her and mickey and dicky too uh really the last scene with charlene where she has any substantial dialogue is between her and dicky and i i love that they both admit that that they're they're living kind of vicariously through mickey because they want a better life like like they they both are so supportive of Mickey, but they also want something better for themselves, mm. and and they may be doing it through Mickey, and um, yeah, I I just think that that was a really honest moment for both those characters to kind of admit that to each other. Yeah, it's no, very it's powerful. true. He, he pushes her hard, and he's like, "You're not perfect. Like you fucked up. You're nothing. Like you work in a shitty bar. So don't make like you're all high and mighty." He's really starts to push. He does it with the. the um, with O'Keefe as well, like O'Keefe is in twelve step, right? He's a recovering alcoholic, so why is he so mean to Dicky when he Dicky like O'Keefe? So O'Keefe was obviously in that situation years ago, but made it right. And and Dicky is like, that's all I want. I just want this redemption. I want the shot. Like you saying, I can't have it. And he he pulls the same thing with Charlene, and she can't argue that. Um, so that's also very smart writing on how people start to come around to that. If anything, um, the one character who's transformation in the end maybe isn't earned is is maybe more along the lines of the mom um 
because she's like she is what she is for the whole movie and then it's only right at the end when Mark Wahlberg is like can I can this be my fight Alice and she's like I'm so sorry I've changed um, that that could be maybe noted as a bit quick but it's also necessary to to wrap up that side of the movie so as long as she's going to be nicer to him I don't mind just be nice to Mickey <laughs> overall what do you guys think of Amy Adams in this She's great. Yeah, she she's amazing in this. I, I, I mean, I can't. There's nothing really bad I could say about any of the actors. Uh, the, I, there's never a, doesn't seem to ever be a false note from anyone in this. Like uh, what, I know. Go, go I was, ahead. I was just gonna say sorry. I know Amy Adams got recognition for her role in The Master. Um, I find this to be a much more deep and uh, varied role for her. Um, oh yeah, definitely. This is a way I, lo- I like her way more in this as an as an actor um, and as a character than I did in the master. So um, yeah, I yeah, I thought I, this was I, a great great role for her. I think she did an she, awesome job. I, I find in movies, not that I struggle with her, I always enjoy her, but sometimes she has kind of one note. It's Amy Adams, and and she's kind of always Amy Adams. But in this one, it was really neat to see the feistiness and the intelligence and the you know, the aggression and the peace. And I don't know. I just thought that she pulled off all of it really, really well. Yeah. yeah she was she nominated to do. She and the mother were nominated for best supporting actress. So that's, I that's think the mother won, didn't the mother, yeah, the win? mother. Yeah. So I guess if you're going to lose, you're going to lose to someone in the same movie as you. you the, probably the performance bolster. by the mother once again is the Dicky performance. It's so funny to me that, uh, Amy Adams and Wahlberg were the anchors and they were both brilliant in this. And they both got completely overlooked by the bigger characters, the the larger, mm-hmm. crazier mm-hmm. Um, characters. Once again, I just feel like people think that's harder. Mm. Um, and it's not. I think it's easier. I think it's easier to let go and be able to do and say anything than it is to be restrained. Yeah. Make be the the every person to bounce those characters off of. That's that's a very challenging to do. And yeah, and, it's and really I mean, hard, and it, especially when you share scenes with them, and you're you know you could often feel like they may be stealing the scene, but you have to toe a line. It's uh, it would be very difficult. I I can't yeah. even imagine. I'm glad we picked I, up on that. I think it'd be really easy to underestimate Wahlberg's role as kind of wallpaper, right? It's pretty pretty base, pretty even, but it's so critical. If he was popping off like the others, it would have come off as ridiculous. It yeah. would have. It's, it's, it's a constant problem. People are, people are, um, um, like, I, I can't believe they never recognized that after, um, there is a TV show with, uh, Jason Bateman, uh, comedy Arrested development, Arrested development. And, uh, the reason that that show worked so well uh, was because Bateman was that in the show and uh, everyone else was crazy and and you got to see him interact with the crazies <laughs> and judge yeah, them yeah. and make his little snide comments about them and you know but once they took it to Netflix and they they were all on different schedules and they would just shoot without them being together and yeah. then they made his character crazy too that show yeah. was awful it just became garbage and so um, you can't do that. You can't have a movie full of crazy people. It just doesn't work. No, you have to have the other side to play it off. Naked Gun learned that. Um, airplane to some mm-hmm. extent. Like that, that kind of comedy where you have, 
either a bunch of crazy people with a few straight main characters to play off of or the other way around everyone's straight and there's a couple of wacky characters but you need that you need it's it, I'll say a balance but it's actually it's got to be overwhelming for one or the other so that you have those few key ones that we can key on as the audience and say oh my god imagine being in this world it would either be insanity or or or, or totally straight and um, it's interesting to watch if you can get that balance right. I think you just sol- you just solved my problem with Naked Gun and Airplane for me. I love them both. There's the 12 year old in- inside of me just just gets a real kick out of them. But I struggle with I can't rewatch them. I can't. And you nailed it because there it, it needed a straight person to bounce off of. As soon as the main character gets ridiculous too, yeah, it's too much. It's well, just the too thing much. that the thing that we <laughs> so we did we did do a hold up on Naked Gun and it, and we all did agree that it held up. But the reason 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 why those movies work and they don't work as well in the scary movie genres, at least the first Naked Gun for sure, is because everybody in that movie plays it straight. <laughs> so so everybody in that movie commits to to the seriousness of the movie and uh <laughs> while the craziness is happening around them so so there is um the performances are almost like dramatic in the in the naked the first <laughs> naked gun but yep. but the silliness is happening around them and it's almost like they aren't noticing and it does yeah. really work well um, in that one instance, in the first Naked Gun, it works really, mm-hmm. really well. Yep. Um, but you're <laughs> right. You can't. Uh, <laughs> it's because the people aren't as crazy as the, what a lot of the time. Just crazy things are happening around them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if yeah, I think we all agree, like if Wahlberg was trying to chew up the scenery in this, it just it wouldn't work. And when he does get mad at Mickey, even at the end, um, there's still a restraint, a restraint to him. Um, when he gets angry and he, he punches him and says he's going to fucking kick his ass or whatever. Yeah, he's only hitting him, him enough. Yeah, he's only hitting him enough to p- prove his point. And then he threatens him, but he doesn't go after him again because it's not about hurting him. It's just about basically like, stop thinking that this guy is on his comeback. I am boxing. I just kicked the shit out of him and I'll do it again because it's about me yeah. right now. I love and it. he's had enough. He's finally had enough. And like you've gotten to see it like pick at him and pick at him and pick at him the whole movie. And then he was just starting to find finally feel a little comfortable with himself and like confident. He's winning fights. And then they come back and do the same old shtick. And he's just like had enough. He's like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think it was just the, the, the structure and the timing of everything it comes together quite well. Yeah. I love maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie, strangely enough, is when Charlene meets the mother for the first time and they're going to talk about the potential fight. She's like, oh, I've heard lots about you. Oh, that's great. Nice to meet you. I've heard lots about you, too. What is that supposed to mean? Same thing you meant. I love that. I just fucking, <laughs> that is fucking great writing. love it. And it's then I have yeah. a, such a hard time watching the mom after that. Not maybe not even in a bad way. It's just it's part of her like going over the top i don't know just intense she's like who is this person talking here i don't even know you i'm <laughs> um, just treating her with such disrespect <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy every time i would just I punch everybody the names are red dog and beaver or whatever and they're oh, like yeah. fucking call us that and then she's like he's Those like are family don't, names don't only don't don't use a nickname yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah was, mark Wahlberg it, says it to her he's like that's beaver this don't use the names <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they say it right and so then he he once again he toes the line 
so refreshing and clever for Amy Adams to fire back exactly what you meant. You know, like yeah, it's just because usually those usually those moments are missed, right? Somebody will say something snide and you just have to eat it as the audience. And, and it was just so great to get it fired right back. Yeah, she doesn't I'm, back down an inch against like seven, eight on one. She never backs down. And I really I love it when she fights her them on her. Yeah. My, my favorite scenes when they come to the house and they they forget in a fight. And then uh, I love when the husband pulls up in the truck and he sees and he like backs <laughs> up and gets gets the fuck out of there. He, he doesn't oh, yeah. want to have anything to do with it. Like I his character is also great. Uh, yeah. He's a really good actor. He was in a show called Rescue Me years ago. That's where I first oh, yeah. was exposed to that actor. And he's a really good actor. And, and he's not in this movie enough. Like, Les is more. I mean, think, I think Les is more in this movie. I think you get, get just enough of everybody. Other than those couple of scenes that we talked about that could have maybe been edited out. I, I, think, I think Les is more is, is an example in this movie that works. I think it could have used a little less, less, meaning when I separate the two movies that it is, one is a boxing movie and one is a family movie, right, about the, the dysfunction. Then I find if I just look at the family, it's a little caricaturic um, that I just find that the, the, like the sisters are, like I say, almost cartoony. The mom is kind of one note. It's like it, it's, it's well written. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Maybe it was in hindsight, but sitting back and kind of going like, OK, when I separate out the family stuff, a little nuance, a little subtlety might have helped the movie just be even stronger, I think, I felt. That's possible. But I look at Rocky, and, and as an example, there's not a lot of boxing in the first Rocky. The first Rocky movie, in my opinion, is probably the only really good Rocky movie. I don't think any of yeah. the other ones are, like, great. Um, yeah. Even, yeah. like, the second and the third one. But, like, the first Rocky movie has very little boxing in it until the end. Like, the, yeah. you never see Rocky really boxing anybody. Until the, the same, end of the movie. It's the same with the first Rambo. There's not a lot of crazy Rambo killing everybody. There's very little death in that movie. It's more about a Vietnam vet who has a tough time trying to reacclimatize. So, yeah, there's some weird movies that kind of, in your mind, well, you think it'd be like a boxing movie or a war movie, but they're, they're not actually. There's something else and uh, still very powerful. So Stallone with with uh, with uh, the first Rambo movie, Stallone and them did a screening of it after it was finished, and it was much longer. It was a very long movie actually, and Stallone hated it, and he was really upset, and he was like, "What are we gonna do?" And they talked about it, and Stallone said, "Take out all of all of my dialogue." He's like, "It sucks." He's like, "I'm terrible." He's like, "Take out all my dialogue. I don't want any." edit out everything where I talk he's like I don't want all that dialogue edited out like just like let's be silent like let my performance be silent they edit out like fucking 45 minutes of the movie to make the original Rambo wow I think those so, are like, both movies we should add to our list Rocky and Rambo of Maybe course do I can't Stallone actually believe month. we haven't done Rocky How we've we done Cliffhanger but we haven't done Rocky <laughs> Cliffhanger is one of Cliffhanger <laughs> is actually one of my favorite episodes uh, to listen to it's I one of our why. funniest for sure we just we joke a lot in in, in that one and uh, yeah I do like the Cliffhanger episode yeah we should do Rocky and Rambo Dave yeah, maybe you should be on one of those as well yeah, well, now that Brent passed away and I'm here full time, uh, we can. <laughs> Sorry, Brent. <laughs> Just uh, he'll be resurrected soon. Yeah, he's going to be fat. Um, I'm just, um, anybody else want to bring up anything about this movie worth talking? We might be close to 
calling this one. I think so. It's yeah, I think so too. One. Anybody feeling very uh, eager at getting their opinion out there? Oh, why don't you let the junior member jump in? New guy. <laughs> All right, go on. New, new guy. guy. <laughs> I, I, as a boxing movie, I don't think it holds up. I think that the boxing scene at the end, even though I was, I didn't know whether he won the title or not going into it. I was relieved when he did. I was relieved it gave us the happy ending. I was relieved that, you know, um, uh, Dickie didn't end up dead or, you know. So I, I, as a as an audience member, I enjoyed the ending, but I don't think that it was terribly well done. I think the boxing was kind of poor. It was several minutes of just Wahlberg with his hands up around his ears, taking punch after punch, which is nowhere close to what the real fights were. Um, but then it has the big moment where he starts to, you know, come back. Um, I think the original fight in the eighth round, it was actually like 66-67 scored. So it was a complete tie, which is equally as exciting there was no reason for it to kind of be filmed the way it was so mm-hmm. fell apart for me as a boxing movie but separating it basically i think really what it is like you guys great point that rocky isn't so much even about the boxing um then uh as a as a movie about dysfunction and family and keeping family together uh with the background of boxing that's where it comes together for me i would have liked a little mm-hmm. more subtlety but um i hadn't seen it before but on a first watch yeah it, it would hold up cinematography felt fresh it didn't look like a 12 year old movie at any point none of the performances looked dated um yeah no i, I for me for me it held up as uh, as that kind of movie once i understood that nice yeah i think i think this might be uh one of i i, I love this movie I, I i enjoy it i i don't even think of it as a boxing movie i, I it's it like I, I know they call it the fighter and stuff, and I, I, it's it's sad that maybe it, it people go into it thinking that it has to be this one thing, um, because the way they have to promote it are the trailers or whatever. It's about a boxer, but yeah, I just think it's a good solid movie, good solid script, great directing, great performances. The cinematography is beautiful. The I I feel good after the movie. I feel like I I learned something in the character through the characters, and I, I feel like it, although the performances are over the top, <laughs> that there are subtle things like I said about the stuff between Dickie and the mom that are unspoken. You could have really ruined that moment at the end in the ring where where she goes over and hugs him and apologizes. You could have really ruined that moment with dialogue. Like there is nothing oh, yeah. that needed to be said. Like I got what I got out of that. Different people might get different things from from that scene. Um, yeah, I think this movie leaves a lot of room for that type of thing in it, as over the top as at times as it could be. Yeah, which which I like. I, I think there's a lot of depth in this movie. Um, surprisingly, yeah. with with the dialogue being so, I think that's what's so great is you can see the dialogue so spot on. Mm-hmm. But yet there still is depth underneath somewhere, um, which is mm-hmm. hard to do, yeah. which is really, really fucking hard to do. So, yeah, this movie to me is great. I don't think it's lost a step from when I first saw it. Nice. nice. Johnny? Johnny Lots sounded of, like you thought it did, dragged Did we leave you anything? <laughs> did it no. drag a little bit? It did. It, it, you know, it fucking dragged a little bit. Just a little bit. And, it, you know, I think... Um, I watch this movie every couple of years, I guess, because um, I enjoyed it immensely when it first came out. I thought it was like a, brush of, a, a breath of fresh air. 
Um, but I think I always do think back of this as being a real boxing heavy movie and it's just not. And then I think I'm closer to agreeing with Dave on some of the boxing stuff that it's interesting the way they portrayed it, but, um, knowing the real history of it, I, um, I wonder if it was just a skill thing. They couldn't have made it look good, but having these intense sparring close matches, it had to be just wait for it, get you the shit beat out of you and then punch them in the liver and you win. Which is also interesting and, and is not too, too far from the truth of things. Um, that, that's a great you, point. If you don't, yeah, that, sorry, that's a great point where when you watch the real boxing right after the actor, an actor cannot strike like a real boxer. And so maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe that was an intentional choice. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah and that to, was a problem with Rocky, too. A, a lot of Rocky's yeah. movies, they just beat the shit of each other and it doesn't seem believable. And and when you see Dickie's fights in real life, you're like, oh my God, it is believable? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's believable? But that always <laughs> seems cheesy and fake to me when they show guys getting hit that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, yeah, Rocky stuff is all just bombs and haymakers and big rights and like no one could stand up to it. So, it, you know, even this movie took more care than that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you'd have to be watching that with such like such a close eye. But ultimately, I think as you're watching this movie, you realize that the real story is, is the character, the family and, the you know, addiction and, and redemption is the whole kind of themes here. And all that still comes through in real powerful ways. I might have done a few things differently if I was behind the camera on this movie, um, but what an effort uh, all around and and um, where things might have slipped uh, to even maybe non-hold-up status would have been um, is if the actors and the way that all played out, if different cast, you would have had an extremely different result from this movie, but instead what you get is, uh, is, is really competent and um, really well done. They sell all these characters and they are large caricatures and that you still had two Oscar winning performances in that is, is telling because usually character performances don't get it. Um, but these just had the right combination of things that, that really seemed to work. So, and like Dave is right again, with cinematography, the look and feel I'm, I'm into every scene in this movie uh, from a look and feel perspective, the music blends really well. Um, so yeah, this movie holds up for sure. I'd say, um, this would be up there with some of my favorite David O. Russell movies, but I still think, and I'd have to watch it again in a couple of years when we're able to for the show as American Hustle, I think would be my favorite movie of his. Um, but I haven't seen it in a while and I would be concerned about that. But Amy Adams in that one is absolutely crushingly great as well. Um, and Bale as well. So I think that would be my favorite. This would be close to second. And I like three Kings. Did we do three Kings for the show, Colin? I can't remember. Oh, I not I think we did, but I would say that for David O. Russell movies, I think this is his Pulp Fiction. You and think, I I think more than and American I think Hustle? It, and I would oh yeah, and I, I I bet you American Hustle does not hold up because I remember oh, it be, being very very wandering and long, and yeah, um that would and be it my jumps fear. around it jumped around too much. I think this and Silver Lining Playbook are David O. Russell's only oh, two movies. Oh, Silver Linings. Up. I always forget about that one. That is a great I think movie. that those two, the Silver Lining would hold up and this holds up, but I don't, I really don't think any of the rest of his movies would. Interesting. I really don't. I think these two are his best. Yeah, I wonder, American Hustle might really suffer from too many characters as well. Um, cause you got Bale, you got Amy Adams, you got Jennifer Lawrence and you got, um, Jeremy Renner. Wow. Jeremy oh, and, Renner's um, in that. And yeah. what's his name? Um, I'm forgetting the agent who's in on this, who does a great job. Um, 
Oh shit, that's right. From Silver Linings Playbook. What the hell's his name? Oh, uh, it's uh, and from, from he's in the Hangover. He's Rocket's voice. I we can all see his face, but I'm he's sorry, Rocket's I can't help. Voice. He's Rocket's voice. <laughs> Bradley Cooper. Hmm? Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's shit. way way too much sorry, going Bradley. on in in American Hustle. Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, the performances in that movie are fantastic. I think, but I, as a movie, I don't. I don't. We have to. We'll have to check it out. Yeah, we have to wait a couple. I years do like till it's eligible. But I do, I do like the idea of doing a, a Stallone month like we did with other people because I think that would yeah. be. There's enough great Stallone movies that that we could Stop do. Stop my mom will shoot. <laughs> Rambo and Rocky like are like have to be done, and then oh, uh, do you know what? I, I would love mm. to give Copland a try. Yeah. Do you guys oh, remember that one? Because I don't like yeah. Ray Liotta, he gave all the um, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, he did get yep. fat for it. And he was understated in that, not playing the superhero man that he's played in most other movies. He's like, uh, a, I don't know, like um, if he has a PTSD or um, whatever. He's just a real slow, unassuming, sad character in that movie. Uh, Michael Rappaport's in that, if I remember correctly. There's another big name too um, that I'm not. Kim uh, Basinger or no? Am I no, it wasn't Kim. There is noir. a lady in it though. <laughs> anyway, I wonder. Like that had all the makings of potentially a, a, a good cop movie, cop drama, but it might it might slip through the cracks as well. But yeah, maybe that could be another one we consider for Stallone month. And Rambo three, where he fights with the Afghani's, the Mujahideen. That could that could be great. Probably it's not good though. Um, <laughs> probably not at all. <laughs> um, do you happen to recall what our next movie is, Colin? I absolutely do not. <laughs> I know, I know that we got the Untouchables coming up. I just know it. Something Ooh. is speaking out in my brain is the Untouchables. I'll be checking I'm that gonna, one out. All right. Yeah. We're going to have to check that movie out because that's got, uh, Sean Connery, That's next? Kevin Costner. I think it is next. Yes. Oh my God! Please let it be because I love that movie. I, I really hope that I'm cheering for it. Man, I really hope it does. It has the potential to be like a super cheesy, super cheesy over the top, but but it might have tons of heart and great music and directed in old school. It's Brian De Palma, I think, who directed who directed Untouchables. I think you're right, and yeah. he's fairly limited in his deep in his deep repertoire of, of amazing movies. So that could be his best. Yeah. I don't know if I can I, take it. I love that one. I'm, I'm afraid to listen to your episode for that one. You, <laughs> you're always welcome to do shows that you, I think uh, we've all said like, you're always welcome to come do movies that you like. Oh yeah. You are always welcome, Dave. You do a great job. And Brent is away yeah. taking vacation. Like he's got free time. He should be not spending on this show. <laughs> Come on, nice. dude. Come on. <laughs> nice. What's the deal? And I have a feeling I, I've heard from other people as they as they check out our podcast that um, those who like it just feel like they're in the room for a conversation with three people who are chatting about movies. And uh, sometimes they talk to their radio or speaker or whatever. I ever wonder if Brent <laughs> will be screaming at this episode or not. No, you missed the point. You missed the point. <laughs> and this one? That is exactly how I listen to all of your episodes. Usually at Colin. I'm usually yelling at Colin. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. 
Oh, uh, well. Well, um, this one's been super interesting. Uh, I think we have The Hold Up Untouchables. The Hold Up Untouchables. That's a great movie. Uh, I think we have Untouchables next. So the next two movies, the next two movies are The Untouchables. And then this one I'm very scared of. Uh, it's leaving Las Vegas with Nick Cage and um, oh goodness! And one of my favorites, uh, who, who plays his girlfriend in that, or the hooker? Uh, it's uh, Elizabeth Shue. I love so I I have a we, I'm really protective about Elizabeth Shue for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so so I really really hope that movie holds up. She both of them like I think won or were definitely nominated for Oscars for that movie. So. Yes, there were Oscar nominations for this movie. I'm, I'm pretty sure Nick Cage won the Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, I think it's. The I only think he Oscar did. Yeah, won. yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, and and for every crazy Nick Cage example, people will reference this movie as saying, "Is he genius? Is he?" And talking yes. about the Untouchables, that is one of the most quotable movies that I've ever seen. So um, he pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He puts one of yours <laughs> in the hospital, you put one of his in the morgue. Wow, nice, that nice. was really good with no warm up. That's the Chicago way, and that's how you get Capone. I could probably do most <laughs> of that movie. Uh, I, that is that is great, Connery. By the way, because you didn't do over the top thing of him. That was like a really just solid sounded like Connery. You weren't being super silly with that. That was good. <laughs> and that movie's subtle. got tons of good quotes. There's great quotes by um, Elliot Ness in that movie too, and. Uh, Everybody, that whole fucking cast is good. I think, th- I, please let that one hold up. Please. Oh, what's his name is in it too? Um, young um, Andy. Uh, Andy Garcia. Yeah. He plays Andy the Garcia. Cop. Yes. Thank you. He plays okay. the cop. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, actually uses some racial slurs to get him to <laughs> pull out a blackjack and almost beat him when they're recruiting him. <laughs> oh, I like him. He's <laughs> <laughs> you stuck Irish. Big. <laughs> what's the What's the oldest movie you guys have done? Like, could you ever oh, do something? Oh, from oh that's great that you asked that. It's a Wonderful Life, and it held up. Nice. Yeah, from forty five. And, and well, forty six, I think. And right. John and Dave had, uh, John and Brent had never seen it. They had never yeah. seen it, and they watched it and said it held up. And I'd seen it a million times. Didn't think it was gonna hold up, but it did hold up. And nice. you know why it held up? Great fucking screenplay. Yeah, it was. It's and always the screenplay. I've said it a million times. You can have bad acting. You can have bad directing. You can have shitty special effects. The music can suck. But the movie can still be good. Without a script, mm-hmm. it sucks. I like what you said earlier, yeah. where, where maybe this movie got stronger because it sat for five to ten years so that the script yeah. just keeps getting kind of reworked. I wonder if... I'm going to think about that after this. Where is there other movies that I've really enjoyed and and they were they marinated for like that 10, 10 year time frame yeah. to make them stronger? Goodwill Hunting, Goodwill Hunting is probably the yeah Goodwill right? Hunting so as well. Those are huge are examples. examples. Good Good Goodwill Hunting is is ten years of rewriting a script. Um, another script that took ten years was uh, Boogie Nights. He not only was working on the script for ten years, but he made a half an hour version of that on video. And uh, and like won awards with it, and then he got the money to make the feature, and that was a ten-year odyssey. I mean, time is everything with the screenplay. Time is wow. everything with the screenplay. It is you. You need time. Yeah. The problem current with the current crop of TV shows and movies today 
is that the demand on streaming service is so great that they just pump shit out and it's all garbage. All of the Star Wars stuff and all of the Marvel stuff was was good, better originally. But now in the current stage that they're in, it's all the same shit. It's just it's uh. just it's just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. It's bad, bad, bad. Um, I I could do an hour on it. Most of it would probably get me canceled. But you're 100 percent right. The Marvel <laughs> universe and the Star Wars universe on 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 Disney is 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 just a string of bad writing right now. Yeah. What's wrong in the industry today? From three shitheads. Um, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, Dave, thank you once again for stepping in. Um, it's always great to have you. We hope to have you back soon for more great movies. I think. Um, we miss yeah, you, Brent. Yeah, Dave, you're always welcome if you... We do miss Brent. And, uh, yeah, if you want to do The Untouchables, Dave, let us know. Always do anything. It's awesome, guys. Always, always a pleasure. We've got infinite mics we can set up when we do the show virtually like we do now. So no problem at all. Um, other than that, thanks, everybody, for checking this episode out. You can get The Untouchables next week in your belly holes. Um, and that's not the place to put it, so put it in your ear holes. Um, all right, we'll see you then. It's been great. Um, see you next week. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.